Right, uh, this is Disaster Dark as recorded on Monday the 18th of February 2019. I've started doing this thing at the beginning of the podcast just to kind of bit of, give a bit of context to the episode and when it was recorded and, and everything like that. But my God, I've, I'm so glad I'm doing this tonight because this could possibly be the masterpiece of Disney podcasts. This, it blows my mind how great this episode is. I cannot warn you enough about how good this episode is going to be. Um, So I I don't even want to hold you back anymore from hearing this episode. So without further ado, here comes the awful title music that I perform, and then possibly the world's greatest Disney podcast. You're welcome. It's an adult podcast, it's not for kids Cause we sometimes swear and we drink quite a bit Listen up if you dare, other podcasts beware It's an After Dark Network show it's time for this after dark. It's time for this after dark. Now it's time for this after dark. Please enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another edition of This After Dark. I am Nick and I'm joined by some wonderful people this week. Uh, first of all, we have uh, Ryan, who I think is now four for four. Four for four, yes. Yeah, amazing work. Um, we are joined by the extremely talented Mr. Ripley. Who is on mute, so you're not going to hear him, so that's fine. No, no, I'm here, I'm here. Hello. <laughs> can you hear me? We can hear you. Okay. <laughs> and uh, we are we are welcoming back with, with open arms, because she's been away for a while. I know you, you can probably guess because I said she, but it's not Craig. No. Amanda is back. Hi, I'm so glad to be back. Oh, we're so glad to have you back. And I've got to remember to speak into the microphone, because I keep turning my head. And although I can't hear myself talk, I know when I listen back to it, it's just going to be like muted me, which I know some people would love, but that's that's not the point. Um, how is everybody? I'm just so excited to be back, honestly. I feel like I've missed so much stuff. You, you, there's a few good things you've missed. There's a few good things you've missed. But, um, you know, we, I think we've missed you more than, than any news stories or anything like that that have come out. So oh. glad to have you back. Uh, Ryan, how are you this week? Yeah, good. I, I'm I'm feeling pretty good this week, and I've got um, I've got a nice little angry rant for later. Oh, very good. There's a little bit of a tease. Um, actually, you know what? Before we even go to Mr. Ripley, have you bought your ticket to the soiree yet? No, it's on my radar for this week. Buy your ticket for the soiree. We can't have you not there. They've just announced as well the tickets are going to go fast, and Anna and Elsa are going to be at the soiree. Oh, more about that's a reason for me not to buy one yeah he's well, not going now <laughs> like, yeah but that's that's the thing what's great about anna and elsa being at this princess and pirate soiree that we're both going to is everybody will be queuing up hours to meet them and we'll we can go and, park. exactly we can go and do yeah. other cool stuff so it's all good are you going together oh man you missed last week's episode um 
me and Ryan are going to Disneyland Paris uh, in about a month's time. Ooh. Yeah, just coming up to a month's time. So, but together, together, well, together, together. We're, we're traveling oh, together. That's adorable. And we're sharing a room together. Oh yeah. And we're sharing mm, buttholes. Mm. Oh. oh yeah, we're Bert and Ernie. In. <laughs> I've already called Big Spoon. I've got Bert and Ernie socks, so maybe I'll bring them with me. That that sounds way more kinky <laughs> than it had any right to. Um, yeah, um, we're going to Disneyland Paris with our friend uh, Disabled Disney and Disabled. And we're going for four nights. Four nights or three nights? Four days. Whatever. We're going to be there for a Princess and Pirate soiree, which is one of the special events they put on. And we're also going to be there the first day maybe the first two days of Marvel season oh, as well. That's exciting. It is, because I, I, I was there last year, but I, I didn't really see so much because of doing the running and, and, and all that. So um, it, it should be good. And Captain Marvel's going to be there, apparently. So uh, I get to meet Brie Larson, which is uh, one off the bucket list. So that's good. Um, is the movie out before we go? 8th of March. Cool. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. I can already buy tickets uh, to see Captain Marvel. I can't buy them in 3D because my local cinema's like shit. But uh, I can buy tickets to go and see Captain Marvel already. So, yeah, be fully excited for that season. Um, anyway, Mr. Ripley, how are you this week? Uh, I'm tip top, tip top. Thanking you. That's very, very good. I'm always glad to hear that. Um, now, we can't really start the show properly without uh, a little bit of what you're drinking. So, Amanda, I'm going to go to, your, to you first, just because I'm interested in what you're drinking this week. Okay, well, you should be interested because it's something really different for me. I am drinking Foster's. <gasps> what? I know. I know I'm not really feeling it. It's no Bud Light for sure. But I felt like um, it reminds me of... King's Cross Station at Universal, and this is a Disney podcast, but I am who I am. Can I just, for, for those that don't know, so for our, our American listeners, although Foster's is quite a popular beer in England, it's not English. No. Or good. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's neither of those things. Just, just, just to caveat that, you know. <laughs> although, or is it one of those things, Mr. Ripley, where we pretend it's Australian, but actually it's English? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. The Aussies don't drink it. They think it's crap. Yeah, but I suppose I mean, they're like right. But Castle Main Forex or something is that still a thing? Probably. Hmm. No, that's Carlsberg. So yeah, they they you can get it in Australia in parts of Australia, but they see it as a drink that the Poms drink. Yeah, yeah. And then we see it as something that the Aussies drink. Although I found out the other day that in France, a French kiss. They call it an English kiss. So, you know, what? perspective, isn't it? Eh? Wow. Is that real? Apparently. Wow. Speaking of kissing, Mr. Ripley, what are you drinking? I am drinking some uh, water. Le. Oh, wow, you're so fancy. Yeah. That's, that's French for water. Le. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ryan, what are you drinking? I've actually got a uh, glass of red wine. Oh, oh my you sophistication. Oh, no. Yes. Uh, bringing the A game this week. Yeah. I do like a Chateau Nothipap. 
Right, I'm not drinking anything that fancy. <laughs> I um, I do. I'm sorry. But I, I know I shouldn't, but I do. Um, I am drinking uh, a different beer for me as well. I've got a Brooklyn Summer Ale. I love that. Well, I've not, I've not had one yet. Like I bought this the other week, but I've been saving it for podcast recording. So, chin chin. Let's see how it is. Well, that's quite nice. I really, really like it, and it's really cheap. I can't decide what it tastes like, but it's it's nice. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good. I'm glad I got that for the next uh, however long it lasts me. Um, right, so uh, we're going to start off the show, as we now do after drinking, with uh, some Disney Park news. The Dad Disney Parks News Roundup is sponsored by WP Magic Journeys to find great prices for your next Disney holiday as well as letting someone take the stress out of booking your fast passes and your dining reservations. Contact Wendy at wpmagicjourneys.com or wpmagicjourneys on social media. Mention Diz After Dark for a $25 off your deposit. It is the smart way to book your dream Disney holiday. And one thing that I wanted to bring up this week was that they they seem to have introduced over in Epcot a brand new kind of permanent meet and greet. I don't know if you've seen this, but oh yeah, I did see this. Yeah, yeah. Wreck It Ralph and Vanellope are now there. Now, I like both of these characters, so I'm quite glad that they've got a a proper meet and greet. But the Imagination Pavilion, do we, do we think that's that's the right place for it? I mean, so there have been people that have been saying, oh, it's the, it's the classic tunnel, everyone. It's back. Um, it's not. It, I mean, it's made to look a little bit like it. But it's weird, isn't it? I mean, it's a weird location, but I mean, Epcot's kind of a bit weird now isn't it yeah it, they don't really have i mean it's, i'm kind of going into a bit of my my rant here so i won't say too much but it's uh it's lost its way a little bit and the, i think the meet and greet location looks amazing like it looks really really cool but i don't know i think i feel that the last thing guests need is is another is anyone to come in and try and break the internet at, at a disney park because it's already pretty broken well especially their wi-fi Exactly. Connection, I find. Um, and these are two they put on standby to fix the My Disney Experience problems. Maybe. I mean, I hope not, but you're probably right. Um, I mean, Amanda, how do you feel about Ralph and Vanellope? I mean, have, have you seen the films? Are you, are you bothered? I've seen the first Rocket Ralph and I like it. I think Vanellope is super, super cute. So I would like to do this meet and greet. Weren't they in animation courtyards in mgm before <laughs> uh they were never in mgm 15 years ago maybe <laughs> <laughs> so i amanda refuses to call it by its, yeah, no. its new name so i don't I, they definitely they definitely were for a period um i know wreck it ralph for sure was i don't know about vanellope but i know that wreck it ralph definitely was yeah vanellope i don't i'm not sure about vanellope myself actually because she seems to be a or, or certainly was a a rarer character to see in the parks. So 
when I was uh, at the Mickey's 90th birthday soiree over in Paris, she was one of the scheduled meets and greets that night, and her queue was about two and a half hours. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, like, it, it may have actually been her first time as a meet and greet character. Uh, Ralph had been out before, definitely, but she she's not one they, they got out very often. So, and also the film was uh, on its way to coming out. It came out in the UK, but I don't think it'd come out in France by that point. But obviously, there was all the hype for the new film. So, uh, yeah, she was she was a very popular meet that night. So I did queue up for a little bit, and I just gave up. I just thought it was, there was too much else going on to stand there for that amount of time. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I think they're both good characters. Um, it's just weird why they haven't just got rid of Sadness and Joy and put them there. Yeah. I mean, I know. I mean, Inside Out was like what three, four years ago now. I feel, I feel like um, maybe there should just be rotating characters in that place. Yeah, I agree with that actually. I, I think there's a, they've got to find a fine balance really because every year we get new films, right? I mean, sometimes we don't. Like this year, we have got Toy Story Four, so. Technically, that's not a new film. Um, but, you know, we've had Coco and we've had Frozen and we've had, you know, Wreck-It Ralph and Tangled. And when all those films come out, they normally have a meet and greet while that film's out. So I remember when Toy Story 3 came out, they had a, a meet and greet with Lotso, which I think was in the art of animation, if I remember rightly. Um, and uh, Tangled, when Tangled come out, they had... Uh, a Rapunzel and, and Flynn Rider me over in Epcot for no apparent reason. Because uh, I remember seeing that one as well. But I think that's it's good because it's synergy with the with the film and it and it gets you through those characters. But what happens to those characters afterwards? Because there was, there was still an audience for that those films. Like um, people are getting quite upset going to Disneyland Paris right now because they can't meet Moana. And it's still really popular with kids. But there's no meet and greet for her. Now, what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to kick out older characters like Snow White and Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty to replace them with the newer characters? But every year they add to that mm-hmm. roster. So so what's the balance? I mean, I feel like if you kept the classics like Snow White and Sleeping Beauty and blah, 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 but like ones like Joy and Sadness like newer characters I feel like should be on a rotation and keep the classics that everybody is going to want to meet like consistently. Yeah. I think that with Disney world, I think in particular, they're quite bad at not really updating certain things. I, I can't see personally people that excited to still be meeting joy and sadness. I think Baymax is maybe an exception. Um, he's quite a unique meet and greet, but those two, I could, I mean, why why they're still there? I, I don't tend to see much of a wait for them when I'm over at Epcot. It's just a bit weird. I think Disney World is just so slow at, at doing anything and updating, especially things like that. They just don't tend to to ro- rotate at all. Whereas actually, um, I think it's happened in the in the past in Disneyland Paris, where actually some of the princesses are on like almost constant rotation, and uh, depending on what day of the week it is, depending on what time of day it is, that kind of thing. And I, I kind of like that in some respect. I mean, I'm not really a person that really cares about meeting characters personally, but I think if I was going to, I'd kind of it would be nice if there were more characters appearing, but maybe in a, in a rotation that could suit different people. Yeah, I th- I think that's 
that's a good idea. Um, I mean, Disneyland Paris, it tends to be the classic princesses. Um, but I think that wouldn't be too bad. Most people don't go for just one day. They might no. go for two or three days. So the thing is, as long as, you know, every three days or so, there was a different, you know, roster of, of princesses to me, I think that would work quite well. But there definitely, there, there needs to be a balance between the old and, and the new. But yeah, I, I think, like you say, the inside out, that that's that's done really i think they should have moved on from that i think they should maybe keep those new characters for a year to 18 months yeah i agree before changing them out and the ones that are really popular all the films that seem to be selling really well on on dvd or whatever they should you know move somewhere else um for for me though the biggest shame of all of this is it's in imagination pavilion where the hell is our figment meet and greet Right, they put some effort into a basic baby Groot animatronic. They've got the the budget, they've got the time, they've got the technology to actually create a decent figment animatronic that fans would be queuing hours for. Yeah. Like, why is he not in Imagination Pavilion? I don't get it. They can't create a decent figment ride at this moment. Um, well, no, and, and that, oh. I think they're gauging the the failure of that on the failure of the character in some respects, but. I mean, that's that's the meet and greet that everyone wants. Mr. Ripley, what, what are your thoughts on Figment? Um, my thoughts on Figment are that these American parks make $13.6 billion in profit per annum. We shouldn't be having this conversation. <laughs> I love when Chris just throws a number out there. That's what I think of Figment. $13.6 <laughs> billion in profit every year. That is $6.2 million worth of profit per park per day. That's <laughs> eight, enough eight to billion build of that. a million damn Figment rides. Eight, yeah, and $8 billion of that, believe it or not, is actually just on Figment merchandise. <laughs> Probably. It's ridiculous that so much stuff isn't working, isn't oh, maintained. It's shocking. it's shocking. And that's how much money they make. It's criminal. But don't worry, they've got a rainbow tunnel that guests can't even go in with Wreck-It Ralph. It, it's, it's criminal. I mean, I thought my Coco meeting, but honestly. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming though, isn't he? He's coming to Epcot soon. Yeah, I'm so freaking excited about it. But I just really hope that it's I mean, that's two stay. years too late. It's two years too late again, but... I mean, it's two years too late for most people, but Coco's my all-time favourite. Like, And that's all that I've wanted for the longest time. And everything I've seen so far is like, it's going to be Joran Flower and Garden Festival. And I'm like, no one's saying it's going to be extended. Right. Do you know why these things are so slow at happening? This is absolutely true. Is because the theme park division gets the studio division to pay for these things as marketing. And they obviously don't want to pay out for it. So there's this internal argument. And then it takes time. I mean, that's why these things show up so late. It's because of this stupid internal argument. It all comes out of the same pot, essentially, doesn't it? Oh, it's, it's just ridiculous. the theme park makes more profit than the film division. So yeah. they argue over it. It's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. It, it's nonsense. It needs someone with control of the budget who cares about theme parks to go, hold on a second, let's take a billion from this and invest it in some rides. 
Yeah, there isn't anybody. There is nobody that gives a monkeys about those parks. All they it's... care about are films and profit. That is it. I know. It's, it is a bit of a shame at the moment. I'm just saying I'd spend a lot of money on Coco. But this is... Uh, uh, hang on. Are we talking about the film or the drink? Because now I'm confused. But... <laughs> All kinds. <laughs> All kinds of Coco. But the problem is, is that this is, unless I'm misreading the story, this is the... The, the puppet of, of Miguel, which we've already mm-hmm. seen appear at Disneyland Paris. That's right, yeah. We've mentioned, we've mentioned this. We've mentioned Disneyland Paris way too much already tonight, I'm sorry. But, um, I, and it's great, don't get me wrong. It's a really good puppet and it, and it fits in with, you know, the theme of Coco and, and the culture. But um, where's the actual meet and greet? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Mm. But they're reusing something they've stolen from another park. So it's, sa- it's money saved. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's true. We've got to pay uh, Bob Iger's bonus somehow, I suppose. But no, in all seriousness, there's not many characters that I care about meeting. I think there's, there's three that I would love to meet at the top of my list. There's Steamboat, Willie, Mickey Mouse. It, uh, there was also Figment and Oswald. Those are the three that I want to see. Neither of those I can meet at Disney World the biggest Disney resort on the planet, and I can't meet Figment, who is apparently still Epcot's icon. Mm. The thing is, though, is that it wasn't that long ago when attractions um, and even meet and greets opened at the same time as their film came out. Yeah. That was how confident the Disney company was in its product. Now you get all these, like, Jim Hill, oh, they've got to make a hundred billion before we put a new attraction in, you know, all this nonsense. I, I mean, like it, it's, probably, it's probably true, isn't it? Let's be honest, because that's why nothing ever happens. Well, but it, it, it's just ridiculous. You're right, and this has been going on for quite a while, actually, because, um, and I'm, I'm sure we've talked about it on here before, but, um, you know, famously, the Rocketeer and Dick Tracy had attractions that were in the pre like production stages of being built and were cancelled as soon as those films didn't hit the box office milestones that they were expecting. I mean, I still can't believe they thought Dick Tracy was going to be a bigger film than Batman. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and I love Dick Tracy, so, but, um, and even Tron. You know, the, the reason why Tron Light Cycle Run went to Shanghai was because it wasn't popular enough in America. Um, it, you know, it, or it, I mean, across the globe, it took. 450 million and they were expecting double that again god knows why it was a sequel to a 28 year old film which flopped to the box office and had cult status um, didn't bugs life the attraction open before the film come out uh oh that's a good question because animal kingdom opened in 98 didn't it april Mm. 98 April 21st, 98. I, no, 22nd was it? Earth Day was 20. It's either 22nd or 21st. I forget what, what um, Earth Day is. I, I've got a feeling Bugs Life might have opened in 97. I remember seeing it in 98 in the UK, but I, I think we might have got it delayed. So I'm not I'm sure. I'm Googling that. Dinos- Bugs Life, 5th of February, 19... Oh, that's UK. Um... Film was released November twenty fifth, nineteen ninety eight. Oh wow! So there's every chance then. I mean, you have to cross reference that with the attraction now, but the park was open. Um, uh, no, uh, yeah, it opens 
April 22nd, 98. Uh, it's off to be a bug. Wow, yeah. so that opened before the film. Mm. Madness. But it does happen. There is synergy. There used to be. And also, Dinosaur I mean, as well. Well, yeah, there's another one. Uh, and then they kind of really well, engineered that, didn't they? Yeah, for a film that flopped as well. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't know why they don't do it now. Um, also, speed it up. Like Guardians 1, right? It smashed it. They knew they were making a second one. Why was that coaster not there? Two years ago, I don't get it. Like, why are they so slow? And now the third movie, we still know nothing about because it's basically on hold until a director steps in to take Gunn's shoes, which no one wants to do. Which no one will do. But the thing is, though, tell me this as well. Not only a Disney lay off the mark every single friggin' time, take Avatar, for example, but also why the hell do they take double the length of time to build things than what Universal does? I uh, See, I, I still don't understand that. That is my... As much as I'm a Disney Parks fan, that is the biggest question that I have. The only thing, but the only thing I can say to it is that, for example, if you uh, forgive you, I'll give you the UK example. It probably works in America as well. If you and I go into a shop and buy a biro pen, it costs I don't know sixty pence or whatever. If say I don't know the NHS wants to buy a biro, it has to go through procurement, buying, they have to do a quality assessment. It, it goes through all these phases, and by the time they actually buy the biro, it costs like eight quid. Yeah, you know, I think that's probably what Disney's got to now. It's just so big, so bloated. There's so many people. There's just so many layers of bureaucracy. You know, they're making all this profit, but actually, they could probably, you know, make as much or more profit just by cutting back a bit. Um, and actually fueling money into revenue streams that actually generate, you know, better growth rather than just keep, you know, playing off the theme parks all the time. I'll tell you what, if they put someone in charge of the parks that has control of X amount of budget per year and someone that actually loves Disney for Disney rather than just keeping shareholders happy, which comes as part of that job, of course it does, Mm. then I think the parks would turn around very quickly within a couple of years. I mean, I, I I said to you chaps the other day on Netflix at the moment, they've got this really good Walt Disney documentary. Um, and I don't know if you've seen it. You probably have. It's not new. It's about, I don't know, five, six years old. Um, but, oh, my God, what a different company it was when he was running it. Well, you know, they all, they all say, what would Walt do? Well, I know what he wouldn't bloody do. A lot of the stuff <laughs> is happening now. That's for sure. Look, of course not. Uh, you, you know, you, you've hit the nail on the head. The The idea of the original Disneyland, and I've not watched that documentary, but how I've always understood it is it was an extension of those films. It was bringing you into those worlds. Mm. Now, the thing is, what was the last Disney property that got an attraction? Like, Ooh. you know, like film. What, know. actual Disney Disney? Well, what Disney or Pixar, doesn't matter, but I'm talking about a film that they've released, which has, you know, done well and they've turned it into attraction. Frozen, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And retrofitted it, didn't they? And, yeah. And before yeah. that, I mean, uh, um, Toy Story, Ma- Midway Mania, Buzz Lightyear. Probably. Um, yeah. You know, I'm trying to think of, of more modern films than that. Uh, Nemo, I suppose, maybe. I guess over in um, China, they're adding Big Hero 6, but I mean, that looks like a crappy 
ass ride like in um, Toy Story Land. Are they are they actually adding that? Because I mean that's been rumored for a while. In the same way that they keep saying Coco is going to go in the Mexican Pavilion, I think everyone's just being racist. No, I mean there's concept art for it, uh, so I think that they are. I mm. mean we both know it would turn out to be, you know, just a fairground ride rather than the amazing concept art that looks cool. But mm. um, yeah, I think that. But, but again, it just feels like everything exciting in a Disney park is happening outside of America right now. Mm. That's it. Mm. I, I don't. I, I. I don't. I don't get it. But speaking of exciting, uh, for those unfortunate people that have not listened to last week's uh, triumph return of Universal After Dark with Amanda, um, we were discussing uh, Guy Diamond. For those that don't know, Guy Diamond is the glitter farting troll. Or, oh yeah, uh, you know what? And then I was like, "Who is Guy Diamond?" Yeah. Did I talk about Guy? Was I drunk? Did we say it was glarting? It was glassing. Yeah, glassing. Um, and so Disney didn't want to be the only ones not to have a, a new uh, meet and greet that everyone was talking about. So they introduced Kevin. Oh, uh, yeah, of course they did. Oh, yeah. And I've got to be honest, I think it's really, really good. I thought it looked really cool. Yeah, he's got animated eyes. As well, so he's a bit. He has a bit of an expression to him, or or, or expressions. Um, but I just think it's a really good, interesting meet and greet. Now, I, I agree, but you know what? They're ten years too late. Well, they are. They are. So for those that don't know who Kevin is and are thinking like Kevin the teenager or Kevin from the office, mm, um, unfair. <laughs> we're talking about Kevin the um, brightly coloured bird. Weird Bird from uh, the movie Up. Oh, yeah, I've got like to say that. It's genius. 2008, 2009, whatever it was. But as Ryan said, uh, far too late. The only reason why I think they can get away with it now is the fact, and, and by doing it now, is because they've just launched that new show at Animal Kingdom. Yeah, no, I think, to be honest, as much as um, I think they are they are 10 years to date, because that movie did come out in 2009, I think the actual, as you said, he looks awesome. Really, really cool. That's it. I'd rather wait for them to sort a character out that looks as good as it should do than rush something out. Because, I mean, we have seen some horrendous characters over the years as well. Yes, Jessica Rabbit, I'm talking about you. Oh, don't. <laughs> the nightmares are back. Oh. It, I think it hurts more because everyone would love to meet Jessica Rabbit, and then when you, it's the realization of that's what you're look, you're looking to meet, that um, were they yeah. smoking? Seriously, I, I don't know, but I'll, I'll have some. That's um, actually another character I'd like to meet, though Roger Rabbit. I, I wish he was back in the past again. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a weird story that one because you know there was all those rumors for years of a second Roger Rabbit yeah. film and all the. The copyright and legal tie-ups and every every couple of years, Robert Zemeckis is still like, oh yeah, we're making a new Roger Rabbit film. But Disney owns everything now. There's no excuse not to make it. Yeah, don't... yeah Spielberg, he's like, oh, I want some money. And he's like, oh, <laughs> we can't give you money. We've got lots of money. We're not giving you no money. <laughs> when, when was, where does Spielberg speak like Borat? Yeah, he comes from, <laughs> did you not know Spielberg's from Kazakhstan? I was doing Spielbergo, his non-union Mexican equivalent. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> yeah, Ryan, get with the program. <laughs> was there was there any other uh, part news that 
uh, people had seen this week that I wanted to mention. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, you go, Amanda. Sorry, mine's really, really quick. So, Tara Tara is going into refurbishment. I thought so you that worried me a little that. bit for spring and summer, and I was like, oh my god, what? They're going to keep it open while they're refurbing it, so... That was my news as well. Oh, was it? Well, I'm yeah. sure that you would have made it longer than mine. I just glazed over it. <laughs> was you uh, was you concerned more because it might be down when you might be out there, or was it just the announcement that they were refurbing it and you thought the worst? Right, it was a combination of things. So the first thing I thought of was, wow, MGM is going to be like there's going to be nothing except Slinky Dog and <laughs> Rock and Roller Coaster and like what. So I was panicking about that. And I was like, oh my God, everyone's going to be shitting all over MGM. And MGM is my second favorite Disney park. And I really tried to stay positive about it. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to stay positive for much longer. My second panic was that it would go down and it wouldn't come back up. Or it would come back up. And Twilight Zone would have been stripped from it completely. And then my third was that it would be closed while I was there. And that would make me really angry. I tell you what, though, I feel so sorry for anyone there over spring summer because when one of those sides goes down, oh my god, it is the worst attraction to queue for. I mean, you're outside; it's like thirty-five degrees in the summer, and it's going to be absolutely horrendous. And they're saying they're reducing the fast passes, which I guess is something, but it's going to be horrible. Yeah, it's going to be a long time. Like literally, the last few years. I've never really seen it below an hour's wait. Even when Toy Story Land had just opened and all that, I was like, I'm not, I, I like Toy Story. I'm not super into Toy Story Land. And so I was excited because I thought everyone's going to be in Toy Story Land. That means I have free reign over Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster and I'm just going to ride them all day long. And I couldn't. Well, there's only so many times you can go around Toy Story Land, I suppose, before you get bored. I think um, that's the problem. I think everyone else has gone, oh, is this it? Oh, mm. back, back on Tower of Terror again. Well, the interesting mm-hmm. thing is, we, we've talked about the Tower of Terror so many times over the years, and we were very lucky to get Mark Silverman on the show uh, a couple of years back, who is the replacement Rod Sterling on that attraction. Um, and, you know, we've talked about what's going to happen, because obviously, you know, Disneyland's one turned into... Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and the Paris version is rumoured to be doing the same and you know what's going to happen with that one there but obviously since that's you know those changes have happened and we've talked long about the fact that the Twilight Zone isn't particularly relevant for today's audiences as it's so old Um, but of course now we have the Jordan Peele fronted series starting uh, this year on CBS All Access so CBS though who owns CBS? Yeah. Um, Paramount. So you could potentially see why Disney might want to move that away from a Disney park. Well, yeah. I mean, I suppose the thing is, I'd imagine that the Twilight Zone license hasn't cost a, a particularly high amount of money over the years because of it being quite a, a dormant property. So you would think that there's a possibility now that they might try and change that because the thing is even if they keep the ride exactly as it is now and and you know doesn't change any of the film footage or anything like that it's gonna you know people will now know about this new series 
Yep. So that's good in it keeping it relevant, but um, I don't know what that means going Hang forward. Hang on a minute. It, so, right. Let's just backtrack for a second. Yeah. So I understand what's happening here, right? If we compare it to Halloween Horror Nights for a moment, mm-hmm. Bill and Ted franchise has been going for a long time. Nobody cares about it, apart from Halloween Horror Nights fans. Suddenly they're going to make a new one. Oh, we're going to stick the uh, license fees up really high for this IP. Suddenly Universal goes, oh, we're not having Bill and Ted no more. Thank you very much. Are you suggesting this might happen with this ride? I mean, it's gonna. It's happened in it. Well, it's already happened in California. Paris is, in my mind, it's a no-brainer. It's the start of the Marvel area in Paris. They're gonna be. It's gonna be Guardians. Like I have no doubt in my mind about that. I think. I think Hollywood Studios is an interesting one because there is no theme in that park whatsoever anymore. So I have no idea what they're gonna do with it. I hope they don't change it. But I, I can't see Disney being stupid enough to go, yeah, we'll just sign this contract for, I don't know, five years, another five years. They've got to have something a bit more concrete. I mean, Universal's Marvel deal is kind of pretty well known for being, you know, really pissing on what Disney wanted to do. Well, certainly now, anyway. Um, well, you've I don't never, know. I've never, I've never seen a story about Disney extending the, the Twilight Zone deal with CBS. So I wonder if it, it, you know, they signed a deal for, you know, however long the ride remained open for, or maybe the deal was until there was a new TV series. I don't know. But unlike a lot of these, you know, like the the great movie ride was one that um, often had the deal, you know, quite publicly announced as, you know, being renewed with the studios or, uh, you know, having a new sponsor or whatever. I've never seen anything for the Twilight Zone, so I, w- I wonder exactly what that deal is and yeah. if this new show will affect it. Because, I mean, for me, um, you know, I wasn't convinced they were going to do a Guardians makeover ever uh, at Hollywood Studios on, on that version. Sorry, MGM, Amanda. Um, but, I did, Thank you. <laughs> but I did wonder if over time they would change the theme of it. I mean, in Tokyo it's got a different theme. It's got no Twilight yeah. Zone theme there. So there's nothing stopping them doing, you know, the same ride with a slightly different story. Um, but, you know, the, the, for me, the, the problem with the Twilight Zone license was that when when it first opened, it was still something that was quite well known in, in the public eye. Even though it was an old show, it was, you know, repeated. And, um, you know, the, the Twilight Zone film wasn't that old at the time. Um, I think they've done a, a new, I think they did a new series in like the late eighties or something at the Twilight Zone. So it was still something that was, that was quite current when that ride opened in what, 94 or something. Um, but, and let's not talk about the Steve Gutenberg film. We'll forget that ever happened. Um, I like that. Well, you're entitled to your opinion, Amanda, and, and that's fine. Um, but you know, you know, what we were saying on here is that because, you know, we've all grown up and, you know, people have had kids and those kids are now going to the park. How many people were aware of what the Twilight Zone was? Now, you can enjoy that ride without going, oh, it's based on an old TV show. Do you know what I mean? It's it's not that it's that essential. But if Disney are paying uh, for a license fee, you've got to think at what point is it not worth it? And now that it's it's coming back, now it's going to be famous again. Now people are going to know exactly what the Twilight Zone is before you even get on the ride. So well, does that change things? 
it is funny you should say that because Universal have sort of decreed to their minions that create their rides for them that they are going to be licensing a lot less properties going forward. Oh, really? Yeah, they said that. that so they, they are looking to do as much stuff that they own in-house, um, which when you consider that Disney's just bought Fox as well, Disney owns a hell of a lot of stuff. Universal owns quite a lot of stuff. Um, why is where's the need to keep licensing? You know, same with Halloween Horror Nights. So they keep going out to other people, and people like Warner's are going. Well, no, we want to keep our stuff. So it is interesting. I think with with Universal, I mean, maybe it's an experience of working with Nintendo. I mean, because I remember just when we start when I started podcasting a few years ago, that deal was announced, and I, obviously we know it's going to be ready in Japan just in time for the Olympics next year. But I mean. With Orlando, like, what is going on? Well, it, the story seems to change, doesn't it, on, a, on an almost monthly basis on where it's going and what they're doing and when Considering it how open. quick they are, yeah. it's been very slow. I, I th- he, Here's a tip. For anyone that's working for Universal right now and you're being told about the fact that you're not going to be going and getting licenses from outside of the Universal bubble, here's an idea. We've been talking again on this podcast, over the years, about the fact that Disney no longer are interested or appear to be interested in doing any attractions that aren't IP-based. Universal is known as the park where everything, even even apparently the uh, the bakery now, has to have a bloody theme to some yeah, kind of Yeah, but it's going to be a Universal theme, though. That's what I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, mm. absolutely. But why don't Universal actually try and create a brand new attraction that's not based on anything. Every year, we see how talented they are at creating these new houses, all original concepts. And yeah, sure, okay, they might be inspired by certain things sometimes, but they are not based on a, on an actual licensed property. So they're using their own original ideas and concepts and creating magic. Why do they not try and just think outside the box and outside of their comfort zone and actually build an attraction that they can create their own story for. And, um, sorry, Rip Ride Rocket does not count. <laughs> I was literally just thinking, is there actually anything like that? Oh, yeah, Rip Ride Rocket. <laughs> well, not really. I mean, it doesn't have a story or anything like that. But do you know what I mean? Like, just just come up with a dark ride. You know what? Even if you make it screen-based. Right, it's the last thing we want to see at Universal right now. But I would, if they were going to do another screen-based ride, but said we're going to, this is going to be completely unique. We're going to come up with our own story and and attraction. It's going to be, you know, unique and not going to be based on anything that you know. I'd be all for that. Hello, well, I'm Steven Spielberg, and welcome to my movies. <laughs> <laughs> my sister, number one prostitute. No, hang on. Um, <laughs> Now, Please what, they could do, what they could do is Disney's obviously just bought Fox. The original, original idea for the Twilight Zone ride in Florida was to use Mel Brooks's Young Frankenstein. Well, that, that would have fo- been cool. That is a Fox film. Yep. So just throwing that out there. Yeah, uh-huh. it's true. It was going to be a comedy-themed uh, attraction. It was still going to be the same ride. But yeah, it's going to be Mel Brooks. Um, so yeah, I suppose they own the license. They'll own the rights to it. So, um, Right, was there any other part news or, or are we good to move on to general news? 
I, I did see good. I did see one other thing, which was that work and construction has started on the replacement to Illuminations at Epcot. Excellent. Um, I can't wait to see it in 2026. Yes, exactly. Because they've got that, that show that's coming in the meantime. Um, so the final show, when it eventually launches in 2026, is going to be called A Celebration of Disney Music, which is the worst name for a Epcot show ever. And it's going to completely ruin the dream of Epcot. But there we go. Uh, the the temporary show to appease Epcot fans is going to be called Epcot Forever, which I, I think is probably the last, the most ironic title of all time. <laughs> because after that, Epcot will be dead. Hey, it worked for Batman. Apparently, well, I, I don't get that though. Why do a temporary show? Because they're not ready. I mean, I mean, you think they just carry on with the Illuminations. Carry on But maybe, maybe the launch sites and all of that are having to be adjusted. And this, this Epcot Forever, from what we understand so far, is going to be quite minimal with some classic mm. Epcot music in the background. Um, <laughs> it's going to be Joe it, Road with some sparklers. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fix complain. the Yeti, I promise. <laughs> yeah. Come and look at my earlobe. <laughs> You could put a plastic straw, I mean, no, a cardboard straw through for only $5. I would pay that. I'd pay that as well. Yeah, I'd pay 10 I think. Joe Rowe so, yeah. is kaplunk. <laughs> so they've started work on, the, on the, new, the new build for the show, but, I mean, I just can't be excited by any show at Epcot that's called A Celebration of Disney Music. I just don't, I don't know who greenlit that, but we had this massive, amazing vision at D23 of, of like a rebirth of Epcot and that seems to have immediately gone out the window and been replaced by characters it's just a very uninspiring name isn't it I mean if if that ends up being the final name and not being kind of like the subheading then they've they've missed an absolute opportunity I mean I mean it's, it's, it fits a Magic Kingdom it fits a Magic Kingdom it might fit even a Hollywood studio no but, but even so it's a it's a it's a it's too clunky a name like Illuminations is called what Reflections Illuminations, of, Reflections of Earth. Right. Yeah. So that's what I mean. So the thing is, Illuminations is what everyone calls it, you know, but its full title is longer. I've got no problem with the Disney music, you know, title they got there, but not if that's the main title. You can't I call the show that. The full title is going to be, this isn't Illuminations, a celebration of Disney music. And that's that's how everyone's going to see it, as I think. The thing is, just projecting characters onto a screen at Epcot. I mean, I may as well just go to to watch Happily Ever After, or if I really want to see terrible projections, I'll go and watch Rivers of Light. So, Unilluminations it is. Um, you can have that one for free, Disney, honestly. Oh, they use it. <laughs> they probably will. Um, right, let's go over now, because uh, there's been a, a very few odd things going on uh, over outside of the parks. The Diz After Dark General News is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. For all things Halloween Horror Nights at both Hollywood and Orlando, visit hhnunofficial.com. So I, I think we need to address the, the blue elephant in the room. Quite early doors. Um, last week, we saw the, uh, the latest and I suppose first proper trailer for Disney's live-action uh, reimagining is probably the term that they use uh, of Aladdin. 
Now, I know that we've all seen the trailer, but what I'm excited about is the fact that Amanda hadn't seen the trailer until just before we started recording this podcast. So I'm going to go over to you first, Amanda, and and ask you what you thought about the Aladdin trailer. Okay, so first, even though I hadn't seen it yet, I'd seen a lot of screenshots of Will Smith as Genie, and I saw that everybody was really angry about it. Oh, hell I'm, no! I'm not mad. That's good. I think that it looks fine. The, but the thing is, like, I'm... I was talking to my friend in work about this a few days ago because he was like, okay, I know that you're super into Disney. I need to know what you think about all the live-action films that have been coming out. And I was like, right, I'm not a massive fan of them in general. Like, I can't actually think of one live-action reproduction that I thought, that's amazing. A Jungle Book? No. <gasps> like, the, right, when I watched Jungle Book... <laughs> Sorry, choking on my wine, <laughs> I was like, it made me emotional watching it, but I was like, after I'd actually watched it, I was like, okay, like, it wasn't amazing, like... It was all right. See, I, I think... I, I think it was unnecessary. I think live-action Jungle Book's better than animated Jungle Book. No. I mean, look, 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 no. look, 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 I know you're trying to, like, um, not, not projectile vomit all over the podcast, but, you know, look, for, for one, it doesn't have any uh, vultures that are supposed to be the Beatles. Uh, that, I mean, those vultures were better than the Beatles. Nah. Well. <laughs> it's good to praise not here. Oh, no. <laughs> what are you talking about? Don't you bloody go dissing my Beatles. <laughs> that is exactly I'm, how it was. I'm, I'm not going to do my impression of, of the Beatles. Um, That's my impression of Craig, that was. <laughs> can I call can a chicken? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm offended. Okay. okay. That's fine. That's what I was aiming for. Um, okay, so so interestingly, you didn't have um, an issue with, with um, the fresh genie. Or no, okay. what I had more of an issue with is Jafar. Camp Jafar? Yeah, like, <laughs> Jafar's one of my favourite villains, and I think he has a certain look about him that just makes him look cool as fuck. Right, hang on, before we go on to that, can I just ask everybody here, right? I think Jafar, in the animated Aladdin, is based on Tim Curry. Probably, and that's probably why I super but like no one it. See, but like no, one else sees, no one else sees that. Like, everyone I say that to thinks I'm mad. But I've got, you know, he's got the, the, the smile, the Tim Curry smile. Now that you've said it, I see it. Yeah. I've never seen yeah. it before, but now that you've said it. Oh, if, he was old, if he was young enough, he would have made an excellent Jafar. You're yes. right. Mm. But Jafar in this one looks about 12. I don't know. I he doesn't know. look scary at all. That's it. Like, I just feel like Jafar has a certain vibe and a certain presence about him. And I feel like that's just not conveyed in this live action. And I had so much more of an issue with that than anything to do with Genie. And look, I've got nothing about uh, people being camp at all. I am obviously one of those people um, who is accused of being too camp anyway. But Jafar is not, he's supposed to be menacing. Like he sounds about as threatening as a chihuahua that's in yeah. a cage. 
Like yeah. there was just just absolutely nothing threatening about Jafar there at all in that trailer. Your future's in that cave, Aladdin. You better, better, better go in and have a little look. Have a little look. I'm sure there's something in there. Yeah. May, may, may as well have been what they did. In fact, I think Ryan's more menacing um, than, than movie Jafar. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, the Jafar bit, I don't get at all. But the only saving grace might be that that scene, he is trying to be nice to kind of coax Aladdin into going in. So perhaps he's a bit more menacing outside of that. I mean, I'm just not feeling that vibe from him. I mean, nor am I, but I'm just giving the best of the doubt. <laughs> right, okay. Like, here's another question for everybody here. What was the last decent film di- that Guy Ritchie directed? Snatch. Right, there you go. Yeah, he, he's, he's not... That, 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 as soon as they announced him as the director, I was like, nah. I mean, Unless Vinnie Jones is in it, smashing heads and shooting people, <laughs> I do not want to see it. Shane, I'm the juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> I know that was a different film, but I mean... I'm the genie, you slag. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's a better genie. There you go. So, Amanda liked the genie. Um, I mean, I watched I mean, I this... I didn't like him. I just didn't hate him. Okay, okay. Well, that's... Yeah, okay. I suppose it's not exactly the same thing. But I watched this trailer, at, you know, about half past eight on a Monday morning. Um, after I'd, I'd woken up and it was the first thing I'd watched that day and I immediately wanted to go back to sleep and wasn't that bothered if I woke up again because I thought <laughs> the world is never going to be the same. <laughs> like, I was, not, because I was, not because I was depressed, just because I thought, yeah, if, if this is the way the world's going, I, I, I'm not sure I want to be a part I of it I don't want to be here. Yeah, I mean, if that's what we're doing to ourselves nowadays, that's, that's just too, too much. Um, I, when you see a still photo... And and this this is the only this is the most positive I can be about Will Smith as a genie right now, and and the appearance. When you see a still photo, it doesn't look too bad. But when you yeah. see him in that trailer, and I get that a trailer isn't necessarily the finished product, and and quite often the effects are, are still kind of half done. But at the end of the day, I didn't leak this trailer; Disney did, so it's on their neck. Um, but it appears that they've kind of CGI'd Will Smith's face onto a body. It's 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 the technology they used for Chris Evans in Captain America, and it's got worse. I, I mean, Tron Legacy is the one that I always hark back to. That was the first time I really saw Disney uh, try and utilise that de-aging technology. Mm which they really, I mean, scarily perfected in the Marvel films. But when you see that at the beginning of Tron Legacy, like, immediately you think, this is off. And it only works in Tron Legacy in the rest of the film when they're in the computer world because they're in the computer world. But in in the real life at the beginning, it looks absolutely horrific. And, yeah. I mean, I, I actually thought worse than that. I thought when, I, when you know, you, you finally saw the reveal of, of Will Smith is that he looks more like the Scorpion King from Mummy Returns. <laughs> you know, so we're going back to 2001 CGI technology. Wow. I mean, it's just, just absolutely awful. So I'm really hoping that between now and, uh, is it May it comes out, that they they really do something with the effects. I mean, everyone initially was apparently upset because the genie wasn't blue. 
but that that was never the problem for me. The the problem for me was that it didn't like there was just something off about the whole thing. And and now they've made him blue, it's even worse. They, they, they've gone over and gone, guys. We really need to make him blue now. Yeah, but we're trying to finish Endgame over here. Give it to the intern. Just give it to the intern. <laughs> yeah. It's easy. It's easy. All I had to do was get Will Smith to go. I say, I say, I say. Scotland's Scotland's walks into the pub. All right. <laughs> Um, or, or something like that. Uh, they didn't need to literally paint him blue. Just, 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 just really odds. And and also as well because I think I think what they have done is they have animated uh, a body onto Will Smith, or they've animated Will Smith's head onto somebody else's body. Well, it's probably the Rock. Let's be honest. Is he? <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, the genie. I know, like in the cartoon, he's quite like svelte. But in the in the really crappy stage productions that they do in you know Broadway and, and London at the moment, you know the genie isn't blue, and he's also like quite large. I don't yeah, know if fat, I don't know if he's fat in in all the different productions, but certainly in in the the London productions, the, the genies they have there are all quite big. I don't know if they're all yeah, big. They're also or, rubbish. Oh no! I thought I, I, I no, mean, it was one rubbish. of the one of the better things of an appalling show, but. The, but again, the fact is, just because the animated Aladdin, the genie was blue, they didn't have to go down that route. And what they've done is they've taken somebody who's really muscular as the genie's body and just stuck Will Smith's head on. I think the worst thing they could have done is to make people miss Robin Williams more. And I think by making him blue, that's what they're doing. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's even more of a reminder. The uh, to, you know, there was two things in that trailer that I thought they did well. The first one was the parade. Yeah. Where you, you see the elephants coming and the marching band and stuff like that. that yeah, I looked, thought that looked really cool. Yeah. And the second thing was, and it, 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 we should have known what was coming because it was just before you saw uh, the genie, um, you saw Aladdin in the cave with Abu, um, but you also saw the carpet. Yeah. And the carpet was alive, just like in the cartoon, like he was standing up. And I, when I saw the carpet, I was like, okay, now we're cooking on diesel. Like, everything else at that point wasn't very good, but, like, they got the carpet right, um, and that is a, a shop uh, reference as well. Um, but then then they showed the genie, and then it all well, went to shit. I feel like the guy that they have playing Aladdin is cute. I think that works. I think he looks like a good Aladdin. I think Aladdin and Jasmine seem to be cast pretty well. Um I just I, my what I would actually like is for two of Disney's live action adaptations this year to crash and really burn so that they rethink everything they're doing with their live action films yes, and start again. I, I really do hope with 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 everything that we see Dumbo and Aladdin crash. Lion King's not going to no, crash. No, no. So not in a million years. So the thing is I, 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 I Lion King I'm kind of looking forward to in a, in a strange way. Um that Dumbo, I'm really looking forward to. I saw another trailer for that before um, a film I was watching earlier today, and it was a, a bit more of an extended trailer. And it's definitely not, it's clearly not a remake of the cartoon. I think it's set after the original Dumbo film, which is why they've shown so many of the things off so early. Um, and, and I'm actually really excited what they're going to do with it. It's the first time I've been excited about a Tim Burton film, um, probably since Mars Attacks. Um, 
Can I tell you what I think? Dom. In West Arabia, trapped and raised in the magic lamps where I spent most of my days. Chilling out, maxing, relaxing all blue and snoozing in the cave full of treasures and jewels. When this guy and his monkey, they were up to no good. Starting to see the bread and money in the neighborhood. I got in one little fight and the boo got mad. He said, you're moving with Aladdin to Agrabah. Um, wow. Oi. I just had to take my headphones off and put the headphones on Ash so that she could also hear that. I, I do not think... <laughs> I do not think in those seven years this podcast has been going on that I have ever enjoyed a moment so much <laughs> in my life. Then, the, uh, and again, proving once again why he's called the talented, uh, <laughs> Mr. Ripley rapping. I, I never well, thought I'd see that in all my days. Honestly, Chris is a hidden rap god. Exactly. So, some people prep for this show. But anyway. Um... that someone does. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, going back to what you were saying, Ryan, the thing is with this is that if you go back to uh, directors remaking their films, you know, classic films being remade, stuff like that, it's a bit of a faux pas anyway. So why does Disney get away with it? Why is Disney taking some of their greatest creations and they're still they're still remaking them because there's so much CGI in them, like the like a Lion King, it's all CGI. So it's it's just a remake of the original, probably almost shot for shot, from what I mean, I've heard. The trailer that we've seen so far was shot for shot. But they're using crapper people, apart from using the same Mufasa. Yeah. yeah. That's not true, because I really like John Oliver. No, but, but he's crap. He's no Rowan, <laughs> Rowan Atkinson. I, 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 but I do get what you're saying. Absolutely. He's nonsense. He's nothing. Rowan Atkinson will be, will be remembered for years. That guy, forget it. I I mean the other thing as well, just to mention the on these live action things, is um they seem to have announced an awful lot um of, of these live action remakes uh for their new streaming service. Like they've announced Lady and the Tramp, uh heavy rumours of Lilo and Stitch, rumours this week as well of the Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh they have announced the Sword and the Stone. Actually, um, I've got no issue with them coming to Disney Plus, and you know what? Um, that's a great little audition for a, a streaming service that I'm going to be paying for. I'll, I'll gladly watch any of them as part of a streaming service, you know, on a Sunday afternoon, mm. just nice. You know, that's a nice that's a nice thing to add to the subscription service that you're paying for. I think that, that leaves them with uh, really talented teams to maybe come up with something original that doesn't tank at the box office. Well, that, that's it. I, I honestly think that uh, Mulan is going to be the last big screen remake we're going to see for a long time why remake mulan the actual animated film is rubbish why, why exactly no that is exactly why because the original is so like appalling oh let's do fox and the hound oh let's do the black cauldron i mean <laughs> just, ah, no right see th- there you go that is exactly where they should go right because the black cauldron was a series of books and they really thought when they uh, were making the Black Cauldron, this was going to be their Lord of the Rings. And then they basically pussy whipped out themselves on it because they, were, they thought, actually, this is a bit too scary for kids. And so it was, you know, cut to shreds and they changed bits and pieces and, and obviously it flopped because it wasn't a traditional Disney film. Now, I, th- I still think they have the rights to those books. So I think now Disney could actually do justice to those. So that's one instance in which I think 
they should actually remake it, either as an animation, but probably live action, and actually do something decent with it. But I, I can't see what else they... Like, I love Lilo and Stitch, and I love The Nightmare Before Christmas. And I'd be interested to see how they would do The Nightmare Before Christmas. But do I really want to see them remake those films that aren't even that old? Not really. I mean, Lilo and Stitch is... I mean, Stitch is my favourite Disney character, mm. and, and Lilo and Stitch is one of my one of my favourite Disney films. Um, it's John Lasseter's. I, I, I think the CGI would be look, would look a bit weird on Stitch if you've got live action mixed in as well. Uh, you say that, but I think Dumbo looks adorable. Yeah, but I mean, animating Dumbo is actually quite easy in comparison to animating Stitch, who has about 400 different facial expressions. Mm. Yeah. But, but the thing is, though, by um, Disney's own definition themselves within their quarterly report that came out last week, they said, by their definition, Mary Poppins Returns was a flop. So the wheels are already coming off this whole thing because this is still a part of this. This is a remake, essentially, of an original. Um, you know, it, it wasn't a flop. I mean, the budget was about $130 million and it made $341 million. But by their own definition, by their very high financial standards of their share, shareholder return that they want to make, they said that was a flop. In that documentary on Netflix, you hear Walt Disney going... And he actually said, I would never make a sequel to Mary Poppins because the first Mary Poppins was perfect. And even after he died, they made Bedknobs and Broomsticks, which is essentially a sequel to Bloody Mary Poppins because it had all the songs that got cut from Mary Poppins in it. And that was a flop. So why are Disney not learning their lesson? Now, Paul, ridiculous as it may seem to have to explain this to a six-year-old child, but I do need your help. Go ahead. I was expecting a very important spell in the mail from my teacher, Professor Emilius Brown. And it hasn't come. What's that got to do with my knob? <laughs> That's an actual line from that film. In fact, I might even go into YouTube and find it and insert this into this episode because it's one of my favourites. It's actually my favourite Disney film. I'm not joking. Hmm. What about Lots of Broomsticks? Yeah. Oh, man, I, I, I love it so much. I love it. It's one of my favourites. Nazis? Fighting, <laughs> fighting people dressed with swords. It's amazing. Snow, my computer wore tennis shoes, that's for sure. Right. Um, now, the reaction to Aladdin was so bad, uh, except from uh, from Amanda, who was the, the you know, we, look, we've done an amazing thing tonight. First, we learned Chris could rap. The second, we found the one person <laughs> in the world that didn't hate the Aladdin trailer like everyone else did. <laughs> um, but the, the reaction to the trailer was so bad that, Disney rush released the trailer for Frozen 2. Because that, I mean, that clearly was not going to be released before Dumbo was coming out. That was going to be, in my opinion, the trailer that (laughs) came out with Dumbo. Because they do that quite a lot. Um, And it's just just come out. Now, Amanda, I'm going to have to go to you again because you're the last person to have seen this trailer. Um, What did you think of Frozen 2? Okay, I super quickly watched it. And I'd like I need to rewatch it again when we go offline. Um I really love original Frozen. I really, really like it. Um I don't have kids, so I haven't had anyone like hammer it all the time. I'm not like over it. Like I super like Frozen. And you've been I to a Disney that... Park in the last five years though, right? Yeah, <laughs> but you know, like I actually haven't ever met Anna and Elsa in the park. Um I'd probably like to, but I haven't. But I thought that it looked 
All right. I wasn't blown away by the trailer. I don't know if I've watched the actual one because when I saw people talking about it, they were saying something about the parents. Ah, uh, no. So the, the the beginning of the trailer for Frozen Two has uh, Elsa trying to run across some water. Okay, yeah. So that's what was at the beginning of the trailer that I watched. Okay, there you go. Oh, well, I didn't get that. That was like anything to do with the parents from that. Yeah, there's like a what? There's like one shot in it where people think that it's their parents when they were younger. Oh. Right, okay. Yeah, there's like one shot. Yeah, yeah. The leaves bit. Yeah. Okay, okay. I I didn't read too much into it. Um, Mr. Ripley, you sighed. To me, it didn't seem like it was a trailer it, it seemed like it was rushed out it was like an extended sequence that they were trying to tease you with it didn't seem like it was a, a comprehensive trailer of an upcoming feature that's why i kind of felt like i hadn't watched the real one because i was I'm watching it and then you were like oh man this taken ages watching aladdin and i was like i'm watching frozen and then i was like oh shit have i watched the right one and i was like well it's too late now <laughs> the okay so what i would say to you mr ripley on on that because it's a good point it's a valid point um what I would say is I remember the trailers for the first Frozen and the only trailers that I saw involved uh, Olaf and Sven. Yeah. And they were, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, absolutely shoddy. Like, I had no interest in seeing this film at all. I knew it was about um, two sisters. So I knew, like, what, you know, I knew it was obviously based on, on the Snow Queen. Um, but the trailer for Frozen, or the early trailer for Frozen, gave me no idea of what the film was going to be about. And so I did not want to go and see it. And the only reason I saw it was because so many people were talking up about, oh, actually, it's really good. Like, it's surprisingly good. The songs are good. And I was like, okay, I need to go and see this now. And I was really surprised at how much better the film was than the awful marketing that they had before that film came out. And when I first watched the trailer, um, I was I was a bit disappointed because, like you said, like it, it didn't tell you anything. And then I watched it back with uh, my wife and my daughter. She doesn't get the, the special voice yet. Um, she's too young. Um, and they they both loved it. <laughs> both really really loved it. And I said afterwards, I said like, you know, how comes you you enjoyed it so much? Like immediately it got put straight back on. Like my daughter's like, play it again, play it again. Um, and she said, because it didn't tell you anything. And I thought, in some ways, I kind of get what she's saying. Because to me, I, I probably like you, Chris, I, I want a trailer to kind of give me an idea of what's going to be happening. But in the end, I had no idea. All I knew was that this film looked absolutely stunning. Mm. Like, I mean, it does. I mean, it looks the most beautiful animated Disney film in in years so i think um i'm i I think frozen the movie is is good uh i am sick of the entire franchise because of how much disney has pushed it despite only having one movie so i watched the trailer and i think it is an almost perfect teaser trailer not nobody says a single word and i think it is 
as you said, I think it's really well shot. I'm intrigued to know what's going on. Um, I think the whole movie looks like a prequel. It seems to be all set in fall rather than winter. So something, you know, but what's happened? Why is that the case? Um, I think it was really, really well done. And actually, by the time I had finished watching it, I do actually have an interest in watching a film to, uh, well, a sequel to a film that I am entirely sick of seeing merchandise for now. I'm genuinely excited to see it. I was just unsure of that trailer at first, but I know that I definitely want to rewatch it again when we're done. And I think that it's rare that I go to the cinema anymore. But I think Dumbo and Frozen 2 are definitely ones that I'll be going to the cinema for. Mm. I, I mean, I'm going to go and see Aladdin at the cinema because of this podcast. Yeah, oh, I think and, I know. Don't well. blame us. Yeah. I'm not going to go see it because of this podcast. <laughs> well, that and the fact that I'm also not going to pay for my ticket. Uh, thank you, Cineworld. But the thing is, though, is like, for example, the, their performance by Robin Williams is nothing but perfect. And he was shat on by Disney so much over this role as the genie. Mm. Um, the, the least they could do was honour the guy by not making a shit version of the film that he's in with Will Smith, who's just like, he's not Will even Smith. a patch on Robin Williams. It, Will Smith is, is mostly playing Will Smith in most of his films now. Yeah, you may as well just got the rock to stand there. Yeah. Or just a rock. Just had Aladdin talking to a rock. That probably, that probably has about as much acting ability as Will Smith or, now does. All right. Or here's a meta idea. Robin Williams recorded like, was it days and days of material for that film? Mm-hmm. Just animate another bloody genie and use his voice. I'm sure yeah. the state would take the fee. Mm. You know, that would be better. There's, probably acres of stuff he's done that's hilarious that we've not heard they could better have, than what anything will smith can bloody do they could have just cgi the genie and not had even will smith, like anyone acting the genie they could put the cartoon one in i mean the genie is so that's what i mean himself. yeah or deadpool get, get dan castellata to um do the voice yeah yeah mm. he's done the sequel didn't he yeah yeah exactly that's why mm. sticks to homer simpson anyway um, I mean, that was the, that was the big for me. The big news outside of uh, of the parks was there anything else that uh, people wanted to to mention? Did I miss anything else? No, those are the two things I think. Okay, well then, before we wrap up, uh, we do like to ask if there's anything that's particularly made you annoyed this week. So, Ryan, I know there's something <laughs> that's been bugging you. So, have a little rant. Uh, so, Epcot. It's, it's simple. I've, I've, I've covered it off a little bit in, in this, this episode. But it just... I, I love Epcot. It's my favourite Disney park. And I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. But I just... I just don't understand where they're taking the park. And I almost don't think that they understand where they're taking the park either. Is Future World still Future World? Is World Showcase still World Showcase? Are we really celebrating cultures of the world if we're just shoving characters into every land? 
you know, are we really, you know, Illuminations tells that almost perfect story of the world coming together and it's all lovely and exciting and everyone sits and watches it and feels great afterwards. And as I said earlier, I mean, it's, it's seeing various characters from the different countries of the world really going to do that. It's possible. Disney have the ability to be able to tell a lovely story like that. Are they going to? I don't think so. Um, I'm excited for Guardians of the Galaxy. I've, you know, it sounds like it's going to be a great attraction, but does it fit into Future World? Do I really believe that Peter Quill visited Epcot when it was still good? I don't think so. I mean, for me, the, there's still some great attractions there. Test Track, Soarin', although it's not as good as it was, and the Food and Wine Festival. Of course. Of course. Can I ask a question? Yeah. How do we even know it's going to be a Guardians ride? They haven't filmed the footage yet, have they? Well, this is this is the thing. This is the thing. Surely, at some at any point, they could just change it just to anything. This is the thing. They might turn around and say, "Well, sorry, you've got to rehire." You know. But but the one thing that we could save it is they would they could just say, "Oh, it's Rocket and Groot's space adventure," and <laughs> we but we know that you know Vin Diesel. That's easy. They've already got his lines. And Bradley Cooper's signing up to do whatever they pay him to. <laughs> Or they could just they could instead of just using film footage, they could just use that really horrible animation they've done for the uh Disney XD series. Yeah, just use that. I mean I either will work on it. They'll just throw that in the mix, whatever. Yep. It's better than um you know, the horrific Ellen animatronic that was there before. As much as I as much as I love Ellen's energy adventure, when you see that animatronic outside of um the lighting of that ride it's it's amazing what, why they thought it's almost as bad as Donald Trump in Hall of Presidents. Not quite that bad. It's the same animatronic. I think it might be, yeah. Slightly different but hair. It's just Epcot. It's just it's always been since I was a kid. I remember going into that park a bit like how they tell the story of Peter Quill going in and just falling in love with the technology. And I've always been like a techie kid, uh, and still to this day I get that feeling when I go into Epcot and I see Spaceship Earth. And, you know, even to some extent, attractions like Mission Space, although when I was there in October, I was the only person on Orange Team, not in my pod, the entire ride. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm going to save the day by myself. <laughs> That's literally, I went just alone with just a Spanish family and I was See. like, oh, well, everyone's boring. <laughs> yeah, I've literally got a picture of the entire empty room apart from me. <laughs> I mean, I'd say that's amazing, but actually, is it it's really quite amazing? It's quite upsetting, isn't it? And then you've got like interventions, which is gone, or you know, on the way out, pretty much in some in the other area, and the whole of Future World. You know, in this new vision that they shared at D twenty three, that area they made look as exciting as they made Toy Story Land uh, a few years ago, and I'm already getting the same impression that what we're actually going to get is. Um, ass in more sense of the word than the attraction that exists right now. Uh, and Joe Road holding the sparklers. And yeah. Joe Road, ho- 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 yeah, holding the sparklers and still not fixing the Yeti. Yeah. Stop right. traveling the world, Joe, and sort it out. <laughs> I, d- I, I did tell you guys that um, when I went on the Guardians ride in, in um, Disneyland Resort, that they actually have a Yeti in there that's like like broken down that just stands there. No. I'm, yeah, <laughs> literally every ride he does has to have a broken Yeti now. Wow. He's an absolute joker to Disney, Disney company now, isn't he? Mm. What a joker. Oh, I'm glad someone is. Um, well, it's quite impassionate. I, I 
can't really fault anything you said there, to be honest. Uh, it's just it's just a little bit upsetting because Epcot is is the it really is the park that I look forward to going back to every year. Not that I don't like every other park, but it's no. But everyone has a favourite. Yeah, and the thing is, I think I look forward to to the food and wine festival more than I look forward to going on some of the rides now, which is is in my head it is a real shame. <laughs> you say that, but I mean, food is good, right? Oh, and the drinks are amazing. <laughs> so, yes. You know, there is that. Um, Mr. Ripley, I have to ask you before we end, mm. uh, is there anything that's that's particularly annoyed you? Well, I, I don't want to sound like the grumpy old man because I've spent the whole of this episode moaning and <laughs> rapping. Um, exactly. <laughs> I find balance if you ask me. Well, the thing is, though, going back to what you were just saying there about Epcot, you know, they're making $6.2 million of profit, not turnover, profit per day in say Epcot, you know, that's enough to fix these things, to, 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 to throw a load of rubbish in inventions, just to try and, you know, do something with it. Yeah, it's it's just it's just not good enough. There is no excuses for this whatsoever. All right, Chris, you've got you've got six point two million, you can put one ride in next week. I mean obviously it won't happen because it day. takes twelve years. Um what what are you doing? What what attraction are you putting in Epcot right now? Captain EO. What? I mean, yeah, okay. Can we, just before we move on, though, why did the hell did they get rid of that and replace it with Pixar shorts to everybody else's bloody scene? I'll tell you <laughs> why. There's no court injunctions against any of those Pixar films. Yeah, very true. Oh. Well, there is now with John Lasseter. <laughs> <laughs> but that's forty-four million dollars a week. Yeah, you know, one hundred and sixty, uh, one hundred and seventy-six million dollars of profit a month just for Epcot, say. I mean, you know, how much would it be to build a school or something that's massive over here? Five million? I mean, Mm. you're talking six million a day in profit. You can fix things for this and still give a nice, tidy dividend to the shareholder. What needs to happen, and this is absolutely true, is Disney needs to take a big hit. They need a year where all their films bloody flop. Iger gets booted out the door, even if he doesn't. But you need some serious shock in that company. For them to start going, oh, yeah, we need to actually invest in the stuff we've got. We've got to stop, you know, rinsing people with their DVCs and putting up the park admission prices all the time and building just one land or one attraction every other year or whatever it was just to try and get some publicity and then fill the park with all these other nonsense things like the Incredibles meet and greet where they can't even be bothered to put the stickers up until two oh, weeks after. Oh, shit. Oh, it's painful. They need some kind of economic shock, this company, to shake it up so they go back to where they began to actually invest in all these things to get everybody coming through the door, try and get much better return that way rather than just keep rinsing people all the time. Well, Mr. Ripley, you can have your wish. You know, we've got Star Wars Episode Nine and Galaxy's Edge opening the end of this year. Well, I mean, who's going to go and watch Star Wars? I'm not. I'm done. I, I'm I am done. because I still I still I like the Last Jedi, but um, you know there are a lot of people that are in your position where they're like, I'm I'm done with the franchise now. But this is the thing I was saying to you guys on chat the other day. I'm done with Star Wars. A lot of people are starting to get that way now. It's ha- mm. it's had its day. You've got Marvel now. Oh, great! It's popular at the moment. That's not going to last forever. Mm-hmm. There will come a time in a few years' time when people think superhero movies are the absolute worst thing to go and watch. <laughs> That will happen. Happen to westerns. Happen to westerns. Happen to sci-fi. 
Exactly. It happens to every genre eventually. People get fed up with it because they just milk it too much. And then Marvel's out the window. And then you've got these stupid remakes they're doing. How long before people stop seeing them? Mulan? You know, it will happen. <laughs> then what Mulan? Do they do? Who's Mulan? What do they do next? What do they do next? Iger is on borrowed time and he knows that. That's why he needs to retire and piss off and let someone else take over and knows what they're doing. He is, though. He is retiring and pissing off and hope Chapek goes with him, the little bitch. Definitely. Oh, I love it when you two both get fighting. Oh, my God. This is my favourite episode ever. I'm so glad I'm here. Um, can, I, can I just say, though, that if I had that money... I would gut the current Figment ride. I'd bring back the Dreamfinder. I'd bring back a decent Figment attraction with a meet and greet with Figment afterwards. That is enough for the next five years to keep Epcot fans extremely happy, no matter what show you put in place of Illuminations. And and that that is the first thing that I would do for, to Epcot. Can and we? That is the tea with Ryan. Can <laughs> he's been drinking <laughs> that tea? Can we can we only keep Eric Idle to sing "Always Look at the Figment Side of Life"? Um, he can, look, we we can pay Eric Idle to sing there every day with that money until he dies. <laughs> yeah, he'd do it as well. Exactly, he definitely would. Um, I mean, Amanda, I I almost want to ask you if there's anything that's made you particularly mad, but I. <laughs> I don't know if I can take much more, if I'm honest. <laughs> Honestly, no. I feel like a ray of sunshine today. Like, nothing about Disney's making me mad this week. She, well, she's just bottling it up because someone lost their leg on E.T. A couple of weeks ago, <laughs> so. It's true. It's all going to come out in the wash. Apparently. Yeah, I'm saving it. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, this is... this is. I've been looking for the, the show that we send to the Podcast Awards to get... <laughs> you know obviously rightfully nominated for uh, most entertaining podcast and i mean thank you uh winner winner <laughs> chicken dinner uh i'll see you with the black tie at the awards um <laughs> this has been amazing um thank you all for for being on here uh, it's been an absolute blast uh, thank you dear listener i mean what a treat what a treat you've had I'm actually jealous that we've given this to you for free. I, I, in fact, I might charge for this episode. This might be the first episode I charge for. Absolutely amazing. We're not Disney. We actually do do things for free. Yeah, that's right. We're not making six point two million. We're not pa- making six point two pound actually on an episode of a podcast. So. If, if Walt was alive today, honest to God, he would be so upset. He would be. He would. Oh. But he'd he love walk all over that Iger. But I tell you what, he'd love this podcast. Maybe that's that, maybe that's the quote we need to put on the poster for this. He would be on our side. Walt, Walt Disney would, would love this podcast. Walt. He would listen to Diz After Dark. That's what Walt would do. And also, right, if you're going to piss on the man's dream, his dying wish to build bloody Epcot, the actual Epcot he wanted, right, which at the centre of this had a very iconic looking uh, hotel. Why would you never build that hotel with all the hotels you've built? Why? It's it's just piss on his grave. Why don't you? Uh, please, please don't piss on his grave. I mean, one because I don't think he has one. Obviously, we know he's uh, cryogenically frozen somewhere. He's in carbonite somewhere. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but but also you might get arrested, and that's no fun. But metaphorically, obviously, uh, you know, fill fill your boots or his. What's boots. that hotel that, that that Universal have built? The one you stayed at, Amanda? Aventura. That actually looks like the hotel he wanted to build. <laughs> wow, Universal are just doing all the good work. Oh, they're certainly building hotels. Mm-hmm. Well, if you want to hear about Universal's good work, uh, you can hear <laughs> about that on Universal After Dark, one of the many podcasts on the After Dark Network, which I'm also pleased to announce we now have a football podcast. Well, that's not true. We, we technically have two because we have two Charles of Craig and Stewart, but that's a Liverpool-based 
uh, podcast but we have the half and half scarves podcast has just joined the network this week so uh, if you enjoy football or soccer to our american listeners and you like this kind of irrelevancy uh with with entertaining chat half and half Scar- podcasts uh is is now out there on on the network as well um chris ryan amanda thank you so much uh, i've honestly not enjoyed myself this much this year so far um and and thank you for downloading please share with your friends leave us an itunes review uh engage email us join the facebook group yeah. throw some money at us on, on patreon um and if, if we get more five star reviews i'll do another rap well i mean there you go 10 10 more five stars of reviews yeah and mr ripley will rap there's, yeah. there's yeah. a challenge five new iTunes accounts. <laughs> <laughs> we will see you for another disaster dark in two weeks Hi. Bye. Oh, whatever. <laughs> G'day, I'm Lewis. And I'm Catherine. And each week you can tune into Diz Down Under to hear our unofficial views of Disney from Australia. That's right. You can hear about the latest Disney news and our adventures in theme parks and talking about movies from the most isolated city in the world. That's right. Good old Perth got that title. <laughs> but it doesn't stop us from getting out and seeing a lot of Disney and experiencing a lot of Disney. From an Australian point of view. You can catch us on the gentlemanofpopculture.com. Why? Because we like you. Kick it! Kick it! After Dark Friend, 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 the After Dark Podcast Network, Friend, Ooh, Friend, are you a friend? Is that your special friend?